everyone. I hope you're doing well. Welcome to episode 123 of Let's Talk with Scoggs. This week I have Alex Bean on the show. Alex is a young up-and-coming artist who is making his own modern version of the emo music that I grew up loving and really shaped a lot of my personality. It's interesting that Alex and I are our age difference is just astronomical and it comes through a lot in this conversation but Alex um, loves emo music and he's sort of in a new modern era of whatever that means it's very different from the stuff that I grew up listening to but all of the artists that have inspired him were the albums that I was standing outside of Sam Goody to buy so it's so cool how music comes back and that a lot of these bands and artists have this longevity that they are continuing to inspire um, a younger generation. So Alex was just a blast to talk to you. Very, very funny. Our age difference with a lot of our references made both of us laugh. Alex also has produced, mixed, and mastered his latest track, Castles. There is also a music video. He plays the electric guitar. He programmed all the drums and uses other software instruments. And we talk about his co-writer. So he is at that lovely excitement, can't wait to dig my heels in moment in his career. So I hope his enthusiasm brightens your day. Check out his stuff and overall just enjoy getting to know Alex Bean. Here is episode 123 of Let's Talk with Scoggs with Alex Bean. Have you tried that All Trails app for hiking trails? No, I haven't. I should do that though. Yeah, so I was just in Hawaii and before we left, we had done a little bit of research, but we mostly just wanted to do nothing. Mm -hmm. But we did rent a car for like a half a day and we wanted to hike and we were not as prepared as we should have been. So I just downloaded all trails okay. and it's kind of like Yelp for hiking. There's tons of information and then there's a community aspect where people will comment and say how hard the hike is. Some people will comment where the best parking is. So I would look into all trails. That's cool. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give that a, a search on the app store. <laughs> yeah, and it tracks your hikes. So if you like love hiking and you move to you go to different states, you do different yeah. hiking, it'll keep track of it all for you. So it's like, look at all the hikes I did. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you grow up in Atlanta? I did. Born and raised. Born and raised. I've only been to the airport, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody's been to the airport. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. That's like the that's like the biggest airport in the world or something like that. They say it's, it is. It's huge, and yeah. I typically fly Delta, and that's the hub. That's right. Hub. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And when, so Alex, to be honest, uh -huh. very you're very new to me. I've like looked you up, but there's not a lot of stuff online about you. So no, I'm gonna not. ask you some really boring questions just because I want to know your background. I want to okay. know how we got here. If that's okay. Please do. Yeah, I'm all okay, for it. Okay, let's do this. So the oral history of Alex Bean. Okay. All right. So you grew up in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, when did music, what are your like early memories of just loving music as a listener? Yeah, I mean, I, I really started liking music when I think I'd always listened to like rock music and stuff like classic rock just because I had it around when I was really young in like elementary school. And then when I got a little bit older in like middle school, like I guess I was like 12, I found this burned CD. It was like, a, you know, like the CDRs, 
Oh yeah. Of That's like my a, generation. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that was like very not very much so mine, but when I was really little that was something that was around. Yeah. And I think someone gave it these girls down the street at our old neighborhood had given it to my older brother and they had like I don't know what was the thing back then lime wired American uh-huh. idiot onto a CDR. Uh-huh. And I found that in a drawer. And then my brother had like guitars and stuff around the house because he, he's a guitar player. And so I, I tried to do guitar. I didn't really like it. I couldn't really like figure it out with all the different like, you know, it just seemed too difficult. But then I listened to the Green Day album and I found out that it was all power chords. Power chords! Which is so simple. <laughs> and I and I, so I just like looked up the looked up how to do it and I started writing my own songs like instantly. So I, oh. I probably right off the bat like had written more more of my own songs that I knew how to play other people's songs like I still don't really like to do other people's songs uh-huh. and my songs are super simple because it's not really about like to me it's never about how like dope you are at an instrument or how like you know amazing of a singer you are it's way more about like the creative aspect like the melody and the, and the lyrics and and what it means emotionally basically just like the emotional impact of it yeah um and that's what really what it was like a vehicle for me to just be like quick and angsty and like punk and just like mm-hmm. you know make something uh-huh. um, so wow. i guess it was super add in a way to, to in a way of doing that and then i got into drums at that same time and we got a my older brother got a drum set so i started i taught myself how to play drums and I, I still do a lot of drums awesome yeah it's funny that you say just like you know i'm i'm the warp tour generation like i was there every summer like the height of like Blink-182 being on MTV, like what's my name again? Like that video was just constantly on the television. Like that was me in high school. So the the burnt CDs and downloading music illegally was how I discovered like everything. It That's was awesome. like one kid would download music, burn a CD, and it would just get passed around the school. We'd all take it home, burn the burnt CD. Right. And then I ended up with, Gosh, they probably don't even make these anymore. Maybe they do. They're like these binders with these plastic sleeves. And Mm -hmm. you could hold all your mixed CDs in there. And then I had an older brother as well. And I would take all of his CDs. Like he had Offspring and Less Than Jake. And I would like take all of his CDs and burn his. And then take those to school. So it was just like a chain reaction of how we would share music. And where nowadays you would you know, go on Spotify, go to the top 100, like the mm-hmm. playlisting and all that sort of stuff. So right. I do love that the, the origin of your story still started with a burnt CD. That so makes me funny, happy. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Spotify, really, I remember when Spotify became a thing, like I think I, I got it in like 2011. So I would have been in like sixth grade or, or I guess that maybe seventh grade. Yep. And yeah, so it was like, I remember being shocked. I was like, wait, this, I can just like listen to any song is this a joke <laughs> am i doing something illegal because like i knew about like limewire at the time and i'd like you know but yeah. i was like you know, i was just shocked and then yeah it became a thing and then i like i think the other day i deleted every song off my itunes library that wasn't like something special like a live yeah, thing or something because now it just takes up space right yeah it was crazy <laughs> yeah it was yeah. just wild and then did you ever start, like, did you and your brother ever, like, get together and, like, jam out and all that sort of stuff? Well, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, we played a bunch. Um, but I, I was really the one that was most interested in it. And then I started doing, like, I really got into, like, all the other kids at my school didn't want to play with me. And, and, and at, like, after middle school, they all wanted to go, like, 
join the soccer team or like, you know, do, do, do other things that would be, you know, that are more important, I guess, to them or, or, you know, whatever, I guess their parents were probably like, you can't play rock music. That's, <laughs> that's, you know, you can't do that. So all my friends that were, that would hang out and play music with me decided that, you know, I, I can't do that. Um, so I was like, shit, like, what do I do? And I, then I started learning how to do like recording and stuff. I would go to these like hip hop studios and I was like, can I just like assist y'all kind of sit in? What can I do here to like understand this a little bit better? And then I bought some recording equipment, set it up in my basement and then started like recording my own, all these songs I was writing. And since I played drums, I could play the drums on the stuff. And, uh, then it kind of just, you know, snowballed from there and, uh, ended up going to NYU for, uh, music and doing a lot of songwriting, producing, recording with other students and in the city. Um, and you know, just getting involved in a lot of stuff in the New York city music scene and stuff like that. Wow. I mean, New York is such a fun city to explore and learn and just, you know, find yourself kind of thing. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, we, I did all sorts of events. We'd go to like, I, I just like, once I got up there, like obviously pop punk and rock and stuff was like not a big thing. Right. Like, especially cause you have to think about the time I was like 2017, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, not very good time for rock music. I mean, I, I would say like after like almost after 2009, like rock music stopped being like, you know, a big genre. My, in my opinion, I think the last big rock album was like 21st Century Breakdown. That's like my favorite last big rock album. Yeah, when I, it's funny because I've had this conversation so many times because my, my heart and my favorite stuff is still like Alkaline Trio and Saves the Day and all the bands I loved in high school. I just, I'm going to see Jimmy Eat World in a couple of, couple of days. Like I'm that just sounds not fun. over any of it. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, but it is true that at a point, like when MTV sort of dissolved, mm-hmm. like when because I remember when Fall Out Boy was all over MTV and Blink One Eighty Two was all over MTV, and every little band that we felt like we discovered suddenly they were getting a chance on MTV, and then TRL ended. And MTV, I wanted to be a part of that so bad. Like so did I. I wanted yeah. to be Carson Daly. I'm not kidding. And I, I would see that, like, I would see, like, older people being into stuff like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. I want to be like that. And then when I, once I, like, I guess when I was like that, that was the sort of stuff that, like, filled my subconscious as a young child. And so I grew up, when I got into music, I was like, I want to be like that. And then that never became an avenue for me to try to go down when I got older because it disappeared. Right. And then, so when I was in New York, I was like, I started noticing that, like, I would go to so many hip hop events. I would go to these things called like Treble Tuesdays. Uh-huh. Treble's a cool like company in New York that does music stuff. And I would start work. I did like work at uh, some hip hop studios and recorded some major label artists. Uh, I did I interned at Columbia Records and helped out with some stuff there. Um, but I started noticing that, like hip hop community was getting into al- alternative rock and Blink One Eighty Two and like. Mm. They started really, they had like a, I feel like the hip hop community had like a Nirvana moment. And I was like, just enthralled by it because I felt like all the the rock community was going, was like becoming really soft and getting into like, really like stonery, apathetic stuff, which, you know, it's cool if you're like hanging out, but not all the time. And it didn't really feel, it didn't like mesh, mesh with me as a person. I wasn't about to get into like, Mac DeMarco or Tame Paul and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was looking for like that feeling you get when you listen to Green Day or something where it's like mm-hmm. really gets you excited. 
And a lot of these hip hop artists were making me feel that way. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. And I felt like through hip hop, I was able to recapture that feeling in an entirely new way. Um, And I actually like did an interview about how if you can go find it online back in 2017, how I thought rock was going to evolve and embrace a lot of aspects of hip hop and have a resurgence. And so I kind of, I guess, you know, you could say I predicted it in a way, but a lot of people probably want to say that now. (laughs) Well, it's, it's amazing too, just for, from my vantage point as a a teenager who grew up with the emo music or whatever that like that Travis Barker is still such a huge name in music and collaborates with such a diverse group of people that I never would have ever thought. And having him as a part of your song is like such a big deal. And then I'm like, Blink-182, he was like the little shy, scrawny drummer in the back that didn't say anything while Mark and Tom were, you know, talking right. about their butts. It's just yeah. insane. It's just so inspiring. And you never know what's going to happen. Um, For sure. And I was checking out castles the single we have a video go alex yeah um and i'm just curious like as you know you seem very ambitious very knowledgeable you seem like you have some good networking skills to be you know cultivating all these different little pockets of the music industry like what inspired you to actually go for it and decide you know what i'm good enough to do this let's do it because it's that's a big leap sometimes to go from this is fun. I really enjoy it. It fuels me to then deciding, you know what, I'm going to bank everything on this and just go for it. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it was a bunch of different moments. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'd always like, like I remember reading in high school, like I've read like everybody's Wikipedia page that I was, that I look up to. And I remember reading (laughs) like Paramore's Wikipedia page and reading about Haley Williams and how they like by the end of high school were like, they they like went straight into doing their band and like touring and all this sort of stuff. So like, as soon as I left high school, I felt this like extreme sense of anxiety mm-hmm. that this, this is not what I should be doing. I need to be like playing in like a dope band right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that always fueled me that I was, I'm not where I'm, what I, where I dreamed I would be when I was like 12. Mm-hmm. And I'm always trying to like, inspire like keep inspired and and fulfill the goals of like my 15 year old self in a way yeah well <laughs> you know, to, to I'm like his 15, champion to give yourself a little bit of a break the music industry has changed tremendously since paramore <laughs> started touring so right. it's like such a different ball game now but you are seizing all of the amazing opportunities and how it has changed with like the internet and being able to buy your own record like the idea that you can just teach yourself how to produce and mix music on your own and you don't need to rely on someone else like that alone is such an amazing skill and it says that you mastered the track too castles you did yeah all actually of it. i produced that like the, the beat and recorded all the guitars oh and gosh. did the vocals and everything wow so you can just diy this i diy and, that yeah <laughs> and you don't need i mean a band like you don't you just did it as alex and what made you decide to just be Alex and not try to find. I tried to find. No, oh, I tried. Okay. <laughs> yeah. you tried. Okay. okay. <laughs> I am excited to introduce what is possibly one of the coolest sponsors we've had on this show, Hunt a Killer. This is a murder mystery subscription box 
That's right. It's one of the most unique games that we have ever played when we get all of our friends together. And your help is needed to investigate so you can hone your detective skills from the comfort of your couch. We all love true crime. So this is a way to bring your friends together, mix up how you hang out and have a little fun. It's a good way to sort of ease back into a social life, whether it's like a date night or a game night, Hunt a Killer brings people together by challenging them to decode ciphers, examine clues, and solve puzzles. It's basically like one of those escape rooms, but coming to your house. They are very fun. And one of the cool things is that part of the proceeds of every box goes to the Cold Case Foundation, an organization that is dedicated to helping with real life cold cases. So while you're having fun and honing those skills, you're also helping people. And Hunted Killer keeps on growing. They have over 100,000 active subscribers and over 2,000 five-star reviews. It is very fun. If you can't get together with friends, it's also you can do it like distance. Hop on Zoom, play together. It's very fun. But here's the best part. Here comes the offer, folks. Right now, you can go to huntakiller.com slash scogs and use code SCOGS for $10 off your order. Again, make sure to use code SCOGS, S-C-O-G-G-S, for a $10 discount. We tried to find, I mean, I cannot tell you, I went to, cause I was at NYU, you'd think there's so many kids that would wanna play in a pop punk band with you. And I, I started like a band called The Freaks and I posted flyers in the, all 23 stories of my dorm room is in, in New York. I mean, the dorm has 23 stories and, uh, and all in the library, every single stall in every bathroom, I guess every men's bathroom, I taped my flyer and I said, I'm looking for a drummer and a bassist and put all of my influences and all this stuff, my phone number everywhere. I, I reached out to, you know, but no one that, like I was saying, no one at the time wanted to do a rock band, yeah. much less a pop punk band or like any of the rock bands, they were like, Oh, are you into like 80s stuff or you want to do like a 1975 type band or do you want to uh, do like yeah. a, a like a Mac DeMarco kind of like you know stoner lo-fi rock type band and I was like no I want to do this stuff and everybody was like oh that's really cheesy or that's really cringe and I was like mm. I guess I'm not cool <laughs> you know <laughs> and then now it's like everybody's getting into this stuff and, and I'm just like I guess I'm I guess what I do is considered cool now it's like you know and I, it's, what my interest in pop punk has never been cool because when I started getting into it in like 2010, 2011, EDM was all the rage and me right. being into Blink-182 wasn't cool. Right. So it's, it's for me, it's never been cool. Like the biggest <laughs> rock bands were, are like Imagine Dragons. Yeah, God, give me a break. <laughs> 30 Seconds to Mars, like the really like big dramatic mm -hmm. rock, not the fast, uh, you know, I'm letting out all of my deepest fears, anxieties. You can't see me, but I pretended like I'm playing the drums really fast over here. Like, that's um, so funny. I know what you mean. Cause for me as a listener, I, there wasn't as much offered to someone right. who liked it. So right. that's why I hung on to Jimmy Eat World because they were. I was like, well, this, this, I like this, and they're not giving me another one. And I hung on to Paramore and uh -huh. all of my favorite stuff. So to your point, it's all coming back around. And who are artists now that you look to that inspire you uh, to keep going? Because you're like, you know what? They're doing it too. Like, I got this. I can do this. Well, it's been kind of a mix. I mean, there's like I, – I never really got into – like machine gun kelly's older stuff but the new stuff has been really sick i think that was like kind of inspiring to me that yeah i need to like 
push even harder on this and, and people are going to be open to receiving my, my style. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I really like the new Maggie Lindman. Her two songs she has are super sick. Uh, she knows it. And uh, crash and burn Re- like, I, like they're really well produced, really awesome songs, really well, well written. Um, Lil Huddy has been cool. I mean, I'm not super into like, he doesn't seem like super punk rock to me, but his record sounds dope. Um, and then, but there's been a ton of emo rap stuff that I, I really like. Like obviously Lil Peep. I think Lil Peep is like Kurt Cobain. And I think like, I'm trying to be Green Day, you know, <laughs> in terms of like it being like a car, like we have a carbon copy, like history repeats itself, you know? Yeah. And so like, I feel like, you know, with hip hop having its Nirvana moment, like, Lil Peep was really was really Nirvana, and yeah. then Alex Bean's like Green Day. That's what I tell everybody. I was I found the playlist that you had made on Spotify. I always love to look before I talk to someone if they've made huh. like it's my playlist of songs that I like and everything. Yeah. And you've got a Fatsy song on here, and I had an interview with him two or three months ago. Okay. Maybe I don't know. Time is a blur. And he was also like a little reminiscent of like genres don't exist and I'm just going to do what I think is cool. And if I'm going to mix things together that you would not have thought of, like, well, that's just what I'm going to make. And it's going to be interesting and very confessional and everything. And and he was lovely. And I noticed you have one of his songs on your playlist. Yeah, he's sick. I, I started listening to him maybe two years ago. I mean, I don't say I listen to him like every day, but there's room to breathe is an amazing song. I I like that is, I was like, wow, this is so well written. The guy. And then I saw that he wrote it himself. I was like, that is amazing. Yeah. You're similar idea that he did it all himself. Like just during the pandemic, just let it all out. And that's very inspiring. Whether uh, like any art, connects to my heart the way that it does someone else but just the admiration of making something when I was concerned I wasn't even going to be able to make my bed every day because the world was just upside down topsy-turvy like a lot of admiration for anyone that can get that done and I agree it's he's very complex and there's a lot going on there and then I also noticed you have um some Nirvana Mm -hmm. Olivia Rodrigo is on here. She's dope. Yeah. (laughs) You have My Chemical Romance. I mean, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge is high school for me. So that's awesome. That's fun that it still gets, you know, all the love. And Reckless Abandon, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket is just, it's a very special place in my heart, that album. I have very, very vivid memories of having a driver's license or I don't know if I did or my friend did some, uh-huh. we were at a drive where Adra, we could finally drive all the windows down <laughs> and just obnoxiously the loudest we could possibly put on the stereo <laughs> driving around singing along and just feeling like I can do anything. So yeah, it was that, fun that to was look at awesome. your playlist. I love it. <laughs> I had fun putting it together. I, I hope more people as they discover it will follow it and I'll, I'll keep it updated. Yeah. It's just cool to see, because like I said, I could not find anything about you, Alex. So right. I was digging for anything I could find and, you know, to see someone's influences or even if they don't influence you, just like what you like to listen to is, you know, it's a good head start for someone who's musically inclined. Oh, yeah. I also saw that you were an Eagle Scout. Oh, you did? On your, I will, because when I Googled you, your LinkedIn page came up. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's I mean. true. I was just trying to find any little thing I could to talk to you and get to know you. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, Castles is very exciting, and congratulations for making a thing when we were all terrified and couldn't do anything. Um, so what do you want to share with us about Castles and the recording process? Because I know you did it all by yourself, so what can you tell us? Well, I, I, I had some help with some of it. I worked with, initially, uh, a friend of mine, Jesse Fink, and awesome. uh, he he's a really awesome songwriter. He's done stuff with, like... Uh, like John Legend and Noah Cyrus and some, and some, you know, kind of top acts. Um, but I was hanging out with him one day after I was interning in, at this company called Arcade Songs, which is this really small um, publishing company in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, Alex, why don't you, why don't we just like hang out after everybody goes at least for the day and we can like write something or something. I was like, awesome. So we're there and we go, we both go to like, you know, the big boy studio at the end of the hall and nobody's there and it starts raining and thunderstorming. And he's like, Alex, do you want to write a song for Marshmallow? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I do. Let's do that. Do <laughs> like, of course. <laughs> and then, uh, and he was like, have you been listening to like emo rap? Have you gotten into that type of stuff? And he was showing me an artist called Aries. Um, and obviously we were listening to like peep and stuff like that. And, we're trying to give a marshmallow like an emo revival anthem like mm. you know and um so we start writing this thing i start pulling because i have so many notes and voice memos like like a thousand i mean i have like three thousand notes oh and God. thousands of voice memos of melody ideas lyric ideas etc so i'm pulling stuff from there i also have my backpack which has like you know tons of legal pads full of lyrics and stuff um and so we start writing this thing and in the middle of it i was like you know what? I really like this song and I've put a lot of my stuff into it. And I think this is going to be an Alex Bean song. And it just kind of was. Um, and then like, we just took the demo from there. I mean, I took the demo from there and, and, you know, produced it out and everything. Wow. And recorded the full version. It's amazing that sometimes it can be that I don't want to, I don't mean to say simple to like take anything away from the creative process and what that much take must take, but I guess organic is the right word, how it just like happens like a song. Yeah. I mean, this, the stuff that you force like doesn't, doesn't ever be good. It's not, it's not good. It's wild to me. They're always like the thing I work on the most never does as Uh, well as the thing that just sort of falls out of me. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. If the lyrics come to you really quickly or if that the chorus hook comes to you in like a couple seconds, you can never have it like, it has to like present itself to you. It, you can never get look for it in a way. Yeah. Um, that's how you know. It's a good one. So Alex, what are our dreams? What do we want to do next? What do we want to do next? Well, I got a bunch of songs coming out. Awesome. So Castles is like the first. And then I got I have uh I have some I have a hyper punk song, which I would say is like hyper pop meets pop punk. And <laughs> it's coming out uh the song comes out uh, on April Fool's Day, so y'all y'all have fun with it. The music video is literally insanity. <laughs> it's appropriate date then. Yeah, it, it is. It's like uh, it's like American Psycho meets like a hundred Gex meets Wolf of Wall Street meets <laughs> oh like it's it's so crazy. Get ready. Oh my gosh! Uh, prepare yourself. We we filmed that in an office building here in Atlanta, and it's just. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a lot. (laughs) And then then I've got an awesome track. Um, I have, I have some more songs. I have some like 
actual, you know, full pop punk instrumentation songs coming out, two of those. Nice. I have um, an awesome song produced by Mitty Jones coming out in May. Super stoked on that one. Really cool music video that we did all on VHS. I spent hours putting all of this footage on real VHS tapes. I don't in, understand. In you keep mentioning formats that were what I had to use in high school. You're yeah. using now. Yeah, it's been so fun. I would order I had to go through so many VCRs because no because I had to use SVHS VCRs, uh-huh. which is like this special type of VCR. And I ordered like six of them on, on eBay to get this project done because like they always keep on breaking or they're you sure. know they're old, you know what I mean? Yeah. And oh my yeah, gosh. it's been crazy. This is this is so funny in like a lovely nostalgic way for me. This is great. <laughs> Um, okay, so I do want to get to know you a little bit better. So we typically play this game called Overshare. Okay. I've got 220 questions. Oh, okay. So please pick a number, one through 220. Um, 75. 75. I can hear the sheet. That's so funny. <laughs> I love that you have this. <laughs> it's like... I try to be prepared. Yeah. Um, what are three things on your bucket list? Hmm. Three things on my bucket list. Okay, I really, I kind of maybe do and don't at the same time want to like work with Tom DeLonge on something in some capacity. Okay. One of my dreams is to have him like produce and or like co-write something with me. Nice. Um, but at the same time, they say don't meet your idols, so maybe I don't, I shouldn't do that. Um, like I, I feel like everybody's out having songs with Travis Barker, but like. I'm sitting here like wanting to have a song with Tom DeLonge. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've heard he's very nice, if that helps. I've only I hope heard so. nice things. I've only heard nice things about him, so take that. He's definitely my hate to say it, but he's my favorite member by right. far. That's he's yeah. Do you like um, Angels and Airwaves at all or do you just like the blink stuff? Oh yeah, Angels and Airwaves is cool. Uh, Boxcar Racer is also super dope. Oh, which they make another record. Boxcar Racer. Oh my gosh, yes. I, remember, I bought it on iTunes. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, okay, so that's number one. Tom DeLong working oh, with you are. in some Sorry. capacity. What's number yes. two? Uh, bucket list. Okay. Um, I, I'd say play. Like, I've always wanted to play the like the stadium in Atlanta. Ah, nice. I know that's, like, kind of cheesy to say your biggest yeah. dreams and goals, but I, I'm telling you, I really want to do that. That's, yeah. That's what I'm working That's what I I'm working that's towards. nice. Yeah. And what's one more? Okay. Um... It'd be cool to do like some acting of some kind. I used to uh-huh. do a lot of acting in high school. I think it'd be cool to do that or another. Like comedic acting, dramatic. What? What's it, really your... anything. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess those, those are, those are good three. Yeah. Me. Those are yeah. solid. And yeah. you know what? They could intertwine. Like you could be in a scene with Tom DeLong that is filmed at the Atlanta arena. Wow. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> like it all gets taken care of in one big bucket. <laughs> yeah. And Tom DeLong's like, I brought the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you got to manifest these things. You never know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like by the time I meet Tom DeLong, he'll be like old, like so old. Oh no, like, come on. Don't do that to me. Cause he's, <laughs> He's like my, gosh, he's maybe like 10 years older than me. Okay. I feel like he's going to have like a, like all gray hair and like a beard. <laughs> he's going to rock it though. He's going to, he's going to age gracefully. Yeah. Um, okay. So we also do a little advice section. Okay. So this segment is called asking for a friend. 
Mm-hmm. And this is typically in the show where we get into our feelings a bit. And this question that you have today, it's very random. They're not for anyone specific. But the question that you landed on is advice for how to be comfortable in your vulnerability. You're a songwriter. You're an artist. I imagine you have to be vulnerable. I mean, yeah, I mean in your lyrics, you're definitely vulnerable. So do you have advice for anyone who's trying to find a way to feel a little bit more comfortable in their vulnerability? Quit trying to be cool. Everybody should, everybody's out there trying to be like super hard and like super cool. And like, I think a lot of, you know, everybody's looking up to stuff that maybe like is like trying to be overly manly and like trying to be like, yeah, I like, I get all the girls and I'm such a tough guy. It's like, you know, that sometimes can have, can make you feel really lost inside yourself when you only focus on that. And I think what's really cool is actually like speaking your truth. And like, I think a lot, I mean, rock music's a ton of, everybody's like, you know, people will say, people make this argument sometimes like, oh, rock music has a lot of true feelings and hip hop is like overly sexualizing women and all this stuff. And that's really not true. I mean, rock music in the beginning, all ACDC songs are all about that (laughs) sort of stuff. I mean, what are you talking about? But I think when it went in, when rock had its alternative phase it's like more about speaking speaking about things you really care about it's more poetic Mm -hmm. and i noticed that's why i also got into emo rap and stuff like that it's because it felt more poetic in a way Mm. um but i'd say you know saints being real with yourself and not always trying to like put on a front or be the cool guy Mm. uh it will always work you know it'll work eventually Uh, and so i I'd, i'd say that's that's number one. And don't, don't care about what other people think. Like, you know, I was always doing rock and stuff and it will pop punk and emo rock and stuff like that. And people, people didn't think that was like super cool or like elite or whatever, or like what, you know, whatever it was. It was either like, you know, when I was, when I was at, when I was at school, it was either like you wanted to be like the really cool hip hop guy, or you wanted to be like the super arty elite kid who knew about all the cool artsy stuff and it's like i was neither and you have to be comfortable and own and own what you really like and don't don't pretend to like stuff that to fit in with something because that's not cool that's lovely (laughs) that's great advice i love that take take my advice uh listeners (laughs) no seriously no seriously take i mean if you feel like you're not like sometimes you can have like friction between what you're really thinking and what and what you what's around you and, and you all you gotta like equalize what's in your mind with your environment to feel more comfortable. Right. I think that's very sound advice and very thoughtful. So way to go. Well, Alex Bean, what else this is this is it. We had a had a great time, but I wanna give you the floor. So then everybody knows, I mean, I couldn't find you on Instagram or anything. So where do you want folks to go to stream and keep up with you? Go, if you're on Spotify or Apple Music, go to Alex Beam with two X's. Search Alex Beam with two X's on there. And you can listen to my new song, Castles. And then I just dropped an acoustic version, Castles Acoustics on there. Um, You can go to my YouTube page. And I have a a video live in studio of Castles Acoustic. You can check it out. and we'll be rolling out. You can follow me on TikTok at, at Alex Beam with two X's and expect lots of new music. I'm dropping uh, 
like a whole acoustic album. I'm dropping a whole a whole album by the end of the year. I'll have two new songs uh, every month. So follow me and, and uh, you know keep up to date with what's going on. Yeah, and sorry, I just thought of one last question: Is your brother still playing music, or did he not take it anywhere as seriously as you did? Oh no, he 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 wasn't really interested in that. Yeah. Um, what does he think but, though that you stayed with it and now you're like writing your own songs? I don't, you know, I don't know. I think he thinks it's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, with this, you know, check out the stuff and uh, maybe you'll see me on Instagram soon. Maybe, oh boy. Perhaps. Oh boy. You know, I just felt like Instagram is so like social media is so negative for mental health. Oh and my you gosh! Just start yes. comparing yourself. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I would get off of it if I didn't have it. Have to have it? I don't need it. Ooh. I know. I've I've started to realize that I'm having to have it. Everybody's telling me that. And yeah. It's just like I don't think it's very punk rock to have social media. Well, <laughs> hey man, that's all. Then you just take an account and in the bio you just say I'm not. It's not punk rock to have this. And then it's just yeah. The, in the metaverse, it's like I don't. You know, I really don't support the, the metaverse. I think we have to. Um, I'm not anti-technology. I think technology is really good, and has brought a lot of good things. But I think we have to focus on the planet and yeah. not hide in our our vr goggles and watch yeah. global warming destroy everybody right you know i really i think that's another thing is is um is that so well, maybe you'll see me on it but anyway it's at alex Beam with two x's everywhere yay awesome well thank you alex this was so fun and best of luck with all of your ideas that are bouncing around in your head that i know will eventually spill out into something awesome um, so thank you for taking the time and we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. Have a great day. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. <laughs>